It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lordson. My first question for you both is, are you an introvert and extrovert? I would imagine you must be an extrovert. Actually, I'm an omnivert. I look great on stage, but I really am okay being quiet. And especially when I'm around her, because she gets to be the extrovert and I get to be the introvert. How's that? Oh, <laughs> Go ahead. so you're kind What's of your... like a chameleon. Yeah. Oh. No, and it's just like, you know, you're supposed to use your right and left brain. And that's why when I wrote One Minute Millionaire, I said, I'll only do books that are unique and transformational, inevitable. We did half left brain and half right brain. The left-hand side told you how to do it, and right-hand mm. side told the story so it would lock it in. Yes. So what are you, honey? I've never had heard this question. So, you know, I was actually very introverted as a child, like incredibly shy. And then about sixth grade, I kind of popped out of that. But it was funny. I started asking myself how I was going to not be so shy. And I made a decision. I, I remember making a deliberate decision that when I hit seventh grade, I was going to change. And I was going to not be the shy girl anymore. What sparked that decision? I don't know. I don't know if it was like a coming of age. But it really happened. And so in junior high school, oh, I said, I'm going to get rid of my glasses. I had these little wire room glasses. You know, I got straight A's. I was like in grade school. And then in middle school, I just made this decision to be different. I said, I'm going to be different. And so I got rid of my glasses. I started parting my hair in the middle. And my girlfriend, it was funny because my best friend and I decided it together. We decided we're going to do this together. We're going to be different. And so... It was a lot of fun. It was almost like taking on a different persona, like a stage persona. But it was, I, I think I realized like, this is fun and I can do this. I don't have to be so shy. Yes. How about you? You know, shyness is not always associated with introversion because introversion is usually that where you get your energy from. So for me, I consider myself an introvert because I get very drained socializing. I love socializing, but I do best when I'm having these one-on-one -on -one conversations. But I can only have so many before I feel drained energetically. And that's why I wanted to ask, because I'm amazed that both of you can just go, 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 you know, interview after interview, podcast, you know, getting on stage, you must have some of that extrovert within you to find that energy. Or maybe you're just very good at, at creating that energy. I think it's number two. Mm -hmm. And we do feel drained. Like when we go to China, it's an amazing phenomenon because you get thousands of people that have paid a lot of money. I mean, most of them are paying $7,000 each to attend. So it's only millionaires. And what in are the they attending? One of our seminars. Personal, whether it's personal development seminars mm -hmm. done by a promoter in China. But okay. you know, so yeah, it's very dynamic. It's, it's an exciting, they're exciting events. We've yeah. enjoyed it so much. Sad, but sad, but you start out early in the morning with interviews and you do all the lectures. Then at lunch, they've got uh, meetings and then at the afternoon and at night, they pay $500 each for the dinner. <laughs> and then they have you meet all the college kids that just graduated that purportedly speak English that are allowed to ask you any question you want. And at the end, you're, yeah. we're drained. And then they say, by the way, we'll be ready to pick you up tomorrow morning at 730. And you go, no, please, <laughs> next week. Right. I think yeah. is just tired. I do think you're a natural extrovert because I see Mark like 
you don't hold back ever. I mean, ever, when I observe you, honey, like whether we're on an airplane or a drive, you know, anywhere we go, Mark's like, hey, and he reaches out to talk to people, talk mm. to strangers. And mm-hmm. and I think you... you Dude, I'm are, strange. <laughs> <laughs> you're really fed by standing up and presenting, whereas I'm the type of person who has to like prepare myself mentally yes, to do it. And once me. I'm doing it... I enjoy it. Yep. I love it. And I love sharing. And I love bond- more than anything, I love bond- bonding with people. Same. So uh, maybe you are an introvert. I think I'm naturally an introvert. I do think you're naturally an extrovert. I think you just get tired because you wear yourself out. <laughs> you're spending so much energy. Could be. So, mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, I'm always intrigued by these like quizzes, like personality types, you know, like figuring out where to, what makes me who I am and how to navigate throughout the world. And and one thing I, I really was curious about for the two of you, have you heard of the four tendencies? Tell us, because they may have different names there's, that we yes. go by. Well, it's, right, a, it's a book that came out and um, it's basically just trying to figure out how you tend to act and relate to other people. And one of them is called The Questioner, which is me. And so you have this wonderful book coming out, which is all about asking questions. And so I, I was wondering if maybe you would consider yourself big questioners or it's worth doing the quiz to kind of figure out what you are. We don't need to get into all that, but I'm excited about your book because I'm a questioner. And as I read this book and started to see how I've been operating my whole life without that definition on me, I'm someone that just wants to ask tons of questions. And I love that you have a whole book about this and the power of asking questions, asking yourself questions, asking others questions and asking God questions, correct? And so I wanted to talk a lot about that today because for me, I've struggled with that. Whereas people get frustrated with me for the amount of questions I ask. I'm a big why person. I want to know the why behind everything. You never gave up your kid's cherishable why. No. That's fantastic. I feel proud of it at times, but then sometimes I feel insecure about it because people get frustrated with me. And I've had trouble in job roles. As apparently, this is common for the questioner tendency type is that you always ask why. You're not afraid to ask authority why, right? So I'm interesting because I haven't read your book. It doesn't, it comes out, or did it just April come 28th. out? April 28th. It, yes, it's pre-ordered. Ask now. the bridge yes, from so you your dream to right your now destiny. On Amazon. Right. It's available now, pre-ordered. Um, it's getting, we're getting a lot of pre-orders. So, uh, so I haven't read it yet because it's not out. Not, and I can't wait to read it. But, but I think you'll love it. I bet I will. Cause I, and then part of me is like, well, maybe I've already, this is going to be easy for me because I already love to ask questions. And then I realized, well, just because you ask questions doesn't mean that you're asking the right questions or the, the right person. So sometimes I find myself asking other people questions versus myself or asking God, right? That's an important distinction. And I think there are different types of people who are, they ask, I would say I am more of an ask myself person. And that's what led me, I think, to, uh, it was my own inner journey that led me to wanting to help other people with my life coaching and transformational coaching and you know, clinical hypnotherapy, all, all of that, because the process, I'm constantly asking myself questions. Why am I seeing it this way? What just happened? You know, all those things that take you on a pathway to having some sort of new level of enlightenment about a situation or some improvement, I would say Mark is more like you are, Winnie. He is the, he'll ask everybody. He's so curious about people and he just asks why, what, who, where, when. <laughs> Kipling's big six, right? Right, exactly. So 
And then what about, do you both, you've both had to expand beyond that to also ask God? Has that been a stretch for the two of you since? Well, you know, I think naturally we've both out individually been very spiritual, you know, so, but what, what was new to us is coming together as a couple mm-hmm. um, when we were challenged by a pastor who said, this is one of the most important factors that I found as a couple's counselor, um, marriage counselor and couple staying together is that you, that you pray together, that you have a spiritual mm-hmm practice together and he, he literally said pray out loud together and so that was for me i didn't i i was like i've prayed in groups before i prayed by myself but i've never prayed with my, my significant out loud mm-hmm. it's a, just a whole new level of intimacy right discomfort right so it makes you more vulnerable to each other but then you start sharing this bigger purpose together and you're really aligned i think the other thing you're saying about question asking is is it's transcendent and, and there's big questions being asked now about like our friend peter demandis who's head of singularity university and has got an md from harvard and a, a phd in engineering from mit but he says what are you personally going to do to positively affect a billion people in the next decade well, I, we think this is the most extraordinary decade in, in human history. We're going to do more in 2020 to 2030 than ever in combined human history. There's more of us alive. There's, so there's more talent, right? So we're saying, what is your talent? And we're asking everyone to bring their talent out for the first time. We're asking everyone to look inside. What is my talent? What are my talents? Because we're all polymaths. We all have a lot of talents. You don't just have one talent, right? And number two is we all got the same amount of time because there's 24 hours on the clock, so nobody gets more or less. And then there's enough treasure that we can fund anything that you want, whether it's you know a business enterprise or whether it's a philanthropy or whether it's a church, temple, sidagong, or whatever. It's available for the first time in human history. So what is it you would like to transcend? And, and obviously, we're trying childhelp.org. We're going to raise enough money to maybe help end abuse and neglect and trafficking in the world as one of many initiatives that we're taking. All because I think it's the goal of everyone to ask themselves, how do they take care of themselves so they can take care of their significant other, so they can take care of their kids, so they can take care of their city, their county, their state, and then the country and then the world. Because we've got a world that needs a lot of care right now. Mm -hmm. And another thing that you're very passionate about is possibility. And right now, you're mentioning a lot of possibility, and sometimes it's like information overload. So how do you kind of clear away all of that to figure out what you want? Well, you know, I think that's why we were so excited about sharing the book, Ask, because for us, it has just become, there is so much to learn. And, and, you know, like you said, everyone's teaching something different, so many systems of learning. And this is just a simple gift that we all have inside of us. It's just about bringing that gift out again mm. and really using it every day in these three areas of asking yourself, asking others, asking God. It just makes the path so simple and so doable. You know, when people are stuck, because that, that's what we find. I mean, people, people get stuck for so many reasons and there's no reason to stay stuck. Mm. We want to be able to help people just see this easy path forward yes through this simple tool that's already inside is just about nurturing and bringing it out do you think that people get stuck because of fear of rejection like people are afraid to ask because they don't want to hear no we got turned down for chicken soup 144 (laughs) times and obviously i've been selling since i was nine years old because my parents just didn't have any money and they couldn't wouldn't they they totally love my four they're four of us four boys and dad so they're five and i heard you all look alike 
Yeah, we all look alike. <laughs> I mean, you know, at least when I was younger, I'd go into class and say, oh, I know your two big brothers were in here before you. And now my little brother comes in and says, oh, I know Marky and I know Eric. And I know. Anyhow, You're so, the most handsome. Thank oh. you. Oh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't think she's biased, do you? <laughs> By the way, I just got to tell you, though, it, totally aside, I asked my kindergarten teacher because she was so adorable. She was so wonderful. And <laughs> I fell in love with her. Question. I said, Miss Seasby, when I'm older, and I grow up, I'm going to marry you. She says, Marky, that's really nice, but I'm happily married. I said, he'll die. <laughs> Whoa. that Yes. I love that story. Okay. So coming back to the rejection, right? Which I know is another thing. You've got to say next, N-E-X-T. Yes. Because there's somebody out there that'll say yes to whatever your offer is. Just somewhere. You don't know who they are, where they are. You don't know how many rejections you got to go through. And, and. Luckily, I've been reading all the self-help action books forever, and everybody gets rejected. Like, I knew Ross Pro Sr., and we know Junior, and doing something. But Ross Pro Sr. went left IBM as our top salesman, went knocked on 80 doors trying to sell the EDS, and 80 said, 79 said no. The 80 said yes. Got $4 million. You divide 80 into $4 million, you got $50,000 every time you said next. So what you start to understand is that rejection pays. And most people quit after one rejection. And what if Thomas Edison quit after... I guess if you believe the number, 10,000 ways to do a light bulb didn't work until what he did is he went into it. Like we say, when you're asking yourself, you know, and she is a hypnotherapist, go into deep meditation, he'd have a key in his hand and he'd rest and say, the answer, the answer, the answer, the answer, the answer, and the key had hit. And he woke up and it said, tungsten in a vacuum. And he thought, that doesn't make any sense, but he did it and we had a light, right? But he went into a deeper, innermost, Most state of beingness. All of us have that available. That's why I said talent. Talent isn't just Mark and Crystal and and Whitney. Talent is universal. And most people, back to yourself, the worst rejection, you using your word, is self-rejection. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not Mm -hmm. handsome enough. I don't know enough. Unworthy. I'm not unworthy. I mean, here's a guy who, if you know Edison's story, his teacher said in third grade, get out of here. You have an addled brain. And his teacher wrote that to his mother. And his mother, God bless her, I love this hit it and said, your teacher said, you're a genius. You never have to go to school again. So she did the right programming. And he, yes. and now my teacher, Buckminster Fuller, Einstein's best student, said every one of us is born genius. And what we do is we get unplugged going through life. People say, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? You're not that smart. You're not that tall. You're not... You can, who can do a 101 right. podcast? What are you talking about? <laughs> we have a great story about rejection in the, in the ass book. It's, it's a woman named Brita Davenport. She's a friend of ours. She's just this brilliant woman. She actually couldn't pass her SATs, but finished college in three years. Went on to become a broadcast journalist, had the most popular show in, in the Phoenix area at the time. Started a cooking show that was so popular. She was having like all the famous chefs on. It was really amazing. And she had this incredible idea to do a food network, a cooking network. So she took it to the corporate head who owned the station, and he just flat out said no. And she was afraid to challenge that. Like, you know how you said you keep asking? She just thought, he said, no, it must be a bad idea. You know, she didn't ask again. Well, at the same time, there was another guy who was studying her show watching everything she did like literally when her show would come on he'd close the door take notes he took all of her ideas and he's the guy who went off with them and started the cooking network so eventually he sold that for three billion (laughs) dollars so she because she didn't ask again and keep asking 
she walked away from a $3 billion enterprise. And it was 100% her baby. Yes. That so reminds me of the story. Lesson, yeah. um, I forget the name of the book, but there's a, a book and, and a TED Talk. Three Feet from Gold? No, it was, it was a man that wrote did a TED Talk about how he went seeking out rejection. And part of his story for motivating, because he had a similar experience where he had this idea, but he was afraid to do anything with it. And then somebody else had the same idea and had this huge success. And he thought, well, how many things am I missing? And so he went on a mission to get rejected. And so he documented all of it. It turned into a really successful book and TED Talk. And I am spacing on the name, but I will link to it in the show notes for this episode at wellevator.com, along with everything else we're talking about, because there's so many good resources here. But the lesson is that sometimes when we don't have find the courage to go ask, when we're so afraid of rejection, it gets in our way of, of greatness. Exactly. It totally so, does. Sorry, I didn't mean no, to No, I was just going to say, and, and even when we're rejected once, keep asking. Don't, you know, just keep. She says now, she has a talk that's called Get Your Ask in Gear. Oh. Because of that lesson, and she's never made that mistake again. She went on to create tremendous success in the network marketing field because of that. But, but, but I'm it, saying you've got to be rejection-proof, and everybody watching, everybody listening, everybody reading the transcription, has got to say, look, who gives me the permission to be rejection-proof? The three of us. You'll agree to that right now, right? So yes. henceforth, everybody watching has got personal acceptance and they're rejection-proof as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and just just if you start walking around saying, I'm rejection-proof, I, if, if I ask you for something and you can't give it, it isn't gonna, it's going to bounce off me. I'm going to be like, right. a, like uh, they call people who are rejection-proof. Teflon people, right? And yeah. uh, they used to say that about Ronald Reagan. And, uh, right. Anybody, and, and when people would shout at him when he was getting in the helicopter, leaving the White House, they'd shout questions to him and he'd go like this, like he, he heard him perfect. <laughs> he didn't want to talk. He was a Teflon. And what I'm saying is all of us need to be rejection proof because yeah. even the ones we love mm-hmm. sometimes reject us and some of them Boy, do it innocently right. and don't know it. And you just got to go, I'm yeah. not taking that. Yeah. Well, how did you do that when you were getting all those rejections for the book? 144, you said, right? And this was your first book or your first big project. Jack had written and sold a lot of copies of uh, 101 Ways to Build Self-Esteem in a Classroom when he was at Harvard. And uh, I think he sold 260,000, I think was the number at that time. And and I had written a book and sold it only from a platform, a book called Dare to Win. And I'd sold 360,000 from a platform, but no publisher would take me. So I thought, we're going to do this. When everybody finally rejected us, right here, uh, we went to the Anaheim Convention Center, ABA, American Bookseller was there. We both had backpacks with tons of three-ring binders. We knew we were going to do it, and we went to everybody, and more people reject us. We finally get to one little publisher. Now, we did not know Health Communication, which people think it's Hanson Canfield, Inc., but it's a Health Communication, Deerfield Beach, and they're a self-help publisher. And the guy said, I'll take it if you'll sell 20000 at $6 each. Well, he was printing books at $0.35 cents each, so he made a big profit. And God bless him. But we got distribution. We started selling it. Everybody wanted the book, and it just it roared. We, we wrote, I, I teach you got to carry a 3 by 5 card, and you're, I'm so happy. And then you write your goal. And I, I'm so happy. I'm going to sell a million and a half in a year and a half. Manifesting. I, yeah, manifesting. Yep. Law of attraction. Exactly. Yes. I'm a, a tractor factor. And I would read it four times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, before I go to sleep, and Jack would. And the book started selling, and, and from June 28th, uh, 1993 to Christmas, because most books are sold in November and December, 80% of all books, our book went crazy. And we did, we sold a million, 300,000 first year, then we sold 5 million, then we sold 
10 million and 15 million for the next four years. It was amazing. And we're 59 times number one New York Times. Nobody's done that other than us. Right. And most people would probably give up after a couple of rejections. Absolutely. Right. And then they wouldn't have the gift of your books. But that's why we're saying you got to read this book. Ask. So you ask yourself to persevere, to go through. Look, everyone's going to hit obstacles. And that's what we write about. You're going to, you got to go over, under, or under, through. There's a way to get to your destiny. And that's why we put destiny as a key Mm. word. Yes, absolutely. Wow. It's so it's exciting for me because I would like more people to feel that power to ask the questions, right? (laughs) And I think that's part of it, though, is for me, what I've had to learn is to stop seeking external permission and look for my own internal. And then that's what's the other external above and, you know, beyond us and really tapping in. And so for me, I just need to actually quiet down and disconnect from the world sometimes through meditation or through a a visualization or something that allows me to get in tune with with me and a higher force beyond the opinions of other people that I might feel rejected by, right? And I think social media has made it challenging, especially for me as I've been building my business over the past 10 years. It's been so heavily based in social media. And for you, I almost feel like you had a great opportunity to build your career with before social media. How are you navigating social media for both of your careers right now? And, and does it play a role? Do you feel like you're getting a lot of external opinions? Right. I mean, it? I think it's starting to play a bigger role. I think we, we didn't really feel like we had to be a part of it for a while. But you know, it's almost like that's the way the world's communicating. And so we want to be there. We want our our goal is to reach as many people as possible. And so we're going to be reaching out more um, in these next couple of years because um, one of our missions, I mean, child help is is one of it's really a mission for us to help the abused children. But also we feel like people are so lonely and isolated. We feel like if we can help people, we want to help people. Mm -hmm. We need to help people. Mm -hmm. So we want to be there for people. And the way you do that now is through social media. It used to be a lot of live events and things like that. There was so much more of that. And we're happy to see, be at live events because there are fewer of them now, but through podcasting and things like that, you know, this is the way to reach people mm-hmm. now. And so we're really accelerating that right at this point so that we can bring this message to everyone about asking because everyone needs it. They deserve to have that. Yes. We obviously want Ask to be the transcendent book of all times. And, and we're doing some epic things now. We're saying, hey, could we get turn trash into cash is my cliche. How can we turn all pollution into a resource and do remoleculize and re-thing? And, and a guy's been working on it 20 years, spent $300 million, so that's going to happen. We're working on making sure everyone has energy because if you've got to look at all the problems of the world, if you have energy, you got water. If you got water, you got food. If you got food, you got abundance. If you got abundance, there's less reason for war. Yes. And what we're saying is, look, what are the big initiatives? Because when I was in graduate school with Bucky Fuller, Dr. Fuller would say, let's make the world work for 100% of humanity. And he, the average audience was five or 10,000 kids. And, you know, hey, hey, hey. I mean, this is during Woodstock and stuff. So the kids would all come out and go, wow. You know, and they didn't plan on doing anything, but they go, wow. And I'm saying just the opposite. What we're doing with the Ask book is saying, look, all these big things, you got to say, how am I personally going to participate in this adventure? Because all the adventures during this decade haven't ever been done before. Ten years ago, there's no cell phones. Now there's eight billion. 10 years ago, everybody couldn't have it. We're going to have 4 billion people come online in the next two years because of 5G. We're having things happen. We're going to have cars that we're going to get rid of all the transportation problem here in LA, which is just one of the reasons we moved to Arizona because too much traffic and we couldn't get around. When I moved here 44 years ago, it was empty and now it's, right. it's constipated. 
and we're going to 2D travel, and, and we sat with the guy who's invented all of it at Boeing, which has got a besmirch title now, but he's a genius, uh, Charlie Spinelli. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, and he, you know, we're going to go to 3D transportation so nobody hits anyone. And you say, well, that doesn't even exist. It exists. The testing has been exciting. done. We're at such exciting times in yes, history. Yes, we are. Well, as we wrap this up, I love that you touch upon loneliness. Do you feel like loneliness has become more of an issue lately? Does it feel like it's increasing or is it the same and it's just that we have more awareness about it? And what is your best advice for people who are feeling lonely? Uh, We both definitely feel like loneliness has almost become epidemic because we have this ability to connect with everyone, but it's such a superficial connection in so many ways where people are painting this almost artificial persona of them, you know, themselves through social media channels. But and if, if someone's not successful at creating a big social media following, they, they can feel, you know, like left behind. It's really dangerous. And, you know, we have this section in the book, we talk about this. When Mark and I were little, we both have these, respectively, these memories of like, even as young as four, like just toddling down the street to go knock on the door and get together with a friend. And you had to, back then, you had to put yourself out there because you just couldn't friend someone with a touch of a button and then, you know, unfriend them with the touch of a bike. Exactly. You had to invest yeah. in, in relationships. And we talk about how when my girlfriend would come over, I would have to do chores before I got to go play. So she would like roll up her sleeves and help me do chores. Same thing at his house. His dad, his mother was a great cook and she'd feed his friends and then he'd say, okay, boys, let's mow the lawn. And it's not like our friends yeah, wanted to do that. My buddy. Yeah. And it's not like no one wants to do somebody else's chores. But what it represents to us is that you invested in your friendships in a much deeper way. And because of that, you shared a lot more. You were more vulnerable. You bonded in a way that had a higher level of trust and an investment of yourself. And I feel like that's sort of missing. So how do we change that with everybody getting so used to communicating online? So we're digitally connected, but we're disconnected from real human soul level connection. And and we think we're going to help facilitate that with people like you. Just say, hey, look, it's available. It, it's always been available, but nobody's talking about it. And if we start to talk about it and we really have conversations, like what you said is, let's do this as a conversation. People have lost the fine art of conversation. Real conversation. with millennials and they pull out their cell phone and I said, yeah. not in this house, not <laughs> right. at my dinner. If I'm paying for this meal, I don't care who yes. you are. You're not doing it. And we anything. need more of that too. We need more boundaries. And, and we, we do. We, we won the Horatio Alger Award and we're lifetime members. And, and a lot of us and our peers bring all the students into the house and say, look, all the cell phones are outside. We're just going to have a little powwow here tonight. And everybody... They let their hair down, metaphorically speaking, and they all talk and they love and they're, and you know, one last thing, I I wrote another book with Art Linkletter and and we said, look, you got to befriend two millennials, you know, every year starting at at 20 years old. So you have friends for the rest of your life. Mm. So more connection, I think. More connection and really go out of your way. Go have coffee. Take a moment out of your day. Take a little time, take an hour, take a half hour to walk down the street and say hi to your neighbor or whatever it is. You know, we're all too busy trying to get ahead. And where is it really taking us? You know, that's a very good question. Some food for thought. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here in person. It's amazing to be able to talk one on one versus like over a Zoom call or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I so love many this. Ways that you so much can better. talk to people on the phone or video. But thank you for being at a live event and taking the time to speak with people like me. So much appreciated. And everything that we discussed today, including a link to your new book, 
will be on our website at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R for anybody who's listening or watching. You can find all of your information, your social media. I was checking out your Instagram earlier, Mark. <laughs> it was great. You have some great quotes on there. You share your family moments, your, your grandchildren, photos of the two of you on vacation. Oh my gosh, your family is just so We try sweet. to do that. We try to not make every picture perfect. I see no. people like airbrushing everything. That's what I love it's about like, it. like, you know, here we are in our pajamas. Or yes, <laughs> we don't always look great, but, but we're having fun. I love the cooking photos. And do you have an Instagram as well? Yes, I okay, do. Okay, great. Well, we'll link to that as yes, well. Yes, so all of Facebook, you. Twitter, like Instagram. grand twins and all of our grandkids. But the four-year-old grand twins, like you saw the picture making pancakes. They, they'll never forget that. We'll never forget it. We just, we love each other. We had a great time doing it. Yeah. And that's what I feel like social media could really benefit from. So thank you for leading by example, both of you. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.